going on, everybody? My name is Natasha Shorts, and you're listening to Noted by Natasha and Friends. Today's episode is such a fun one because I have another cousin on here. Technically second cousin, but like, because you know, because other cousins like, oh, first cousin. But just such a black thing. Can we talk about that? <laughs> first cousin, second cousin. Like, we're the only ones that actually pay attention to that. No other culture is like, yeah, first cousin, second cousin. But it's the same thing. Either way, this cousin of mine, I've known her for obviously all my life, but like we've really gotten to know each other in specific times of our life. And so it's been really fun to be able to go through like high school together and college together and South Africa together. And now being able to talk about our hair journeys is going to be so much fun. I have Ashley Overton. What's going on, girl? Hi, Natasha. (laughs) Oh, Lord. I'm losing my voice already. Oh my gosh. It's okay. Hey, I'm worried about that because like I drank my tea an hour before, but yeah, that didn't work. <laughs> That's okay. We talked too much before. We did. We did the whole episode by accident right before. <laughs> but it's okay. How about you introduce yourself to the people? My name is Ashley Overton, like Natasha said, and um I was born in Cleveland, Ohio. I have traveled around the country recently, moving from state to state, which Mm -hmm. has been extremely exciting because I love to travel and I love learning. So going from different states and immersing myself in different cultures and um, and traditions has been amazing. And um, it has also been really challenging because I'm a very family-oriented person, so being away from family has been really hard, so I'm super excited to be here and to talk with my cousin Natasha. Again, I don't do the little number thing, so like, we are cousins, cousins. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes, we cousins, cousins. Well, no, I'm excited to have you on here. Um, What's been really fun for me is that like, I feel like literally just God keeps bringing us back into each other's lives at just random points in time. It's like, oh, you live in South Euclid. Hey, we just moved to South Euclid. Let's hang out. We're at the same school now. Okay, cool. Oh, wait, you're in Columbus. Oh, wait, I'm in Columbus now. Let's hang out. Oh, you're in South Africa. I'm coming to South <laughs> That was the craziest part. The South Africa piece. Oh, yeah. I was so excited that you were there. <laughs> I was shook. I'm like, <laughs> You're coming to, and even the, even just the same city, like you're staying in the same city, because that's a big place. Like, that was huge, and that was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. it was amazing. Oh, yeah. And so now, I'm, it's just been, um, I, yeah, I've just been excited about this conversation, just because in general, I want to be able to do, or I'm going to do um, more episodes just talking about hair journeys, but I think yours is a great one to start with, because Miss Ma'am, you have a whole YouTube channel dedicated to the glory that is your crown, your hair. (laughs) So we have to talk to you about all this, okay? And so we're going to start right from the beginning. Like, when you think about your hair journey, like, from the childhood, what comes to mind? Like, what do you remember? There is so much that comes to mind because I feel like ever since I was young, um, hair has been a huge part of me. Uh, It always was something that made me feel different and unique. So it had its pros and cons. So 
all the way to elementary school, I remember being both teased and kind of admired for my hair. So um, a lot of the girls in my class, they loved the curls that I had, but then there were also the guys that would see my hair in a ponytail because I would wear my hair in a ponytail a lot because my mother didn't know how to do my hair. I didn't know how to do my hair. Mm. So the ponytail was my go-to. And also I was a tomboy. So I didn't like my hair to be straight. I didn't like what? it. What? Yeah. You were a tomboy? I was a tomboy. I was climbing trees. I fought boys when I was a little kid. <laughs> yeah, I did. My best friends when I was um, in first grade and kindergarten, my best friends were all boys. And then I had my first girl best friend when I was in second grade. And it was great because she also had curly hair. And that was like the first person that I met um, my age that had the same hair texture and like that we could relate on that a little bit about. But like the boys would tease me because when I put my hair in the ponytail, I had waves and boys. So it was always something that was um, on my mind, but I also always liked being different. So it was something I embraced even when it wasn't like, mm-hmm. the best of times all the time. And okay. then- Wait, pause, okay. we gotta do some breaks or whatever. So I'm just shook. Cause I don't think we didn't really like, we weren't hanging out when we were little, little. I mean like maybe yeah. when we were little, yeah, but not like enough where we remember. And so I'm just so like, I just know you as like, cute outfits like really sweet like all this stuff so, i'm shook i'm no. like wait <laughs> i was oh my god i was so different i like, like climbing trees all the time i literally would not wear dresses or skirts if i had to wear a dress i cried the entire day and then in order to finally get into skirts it would have to be a squirt if it didn't, like, when I was at the store, I would pull the skirts up to oh my make gosh. the shorts. <laughs> People used to think, like, um, I was out with my aunt one day with my brothers, and I had a dark green coat because I did not want the fluffy, cute little blue coat. Um, the woman said, oh, my God, your three boys are so cute. And I was oh. I'm a girl, but I'm not offended that you just said that. <laughs> <laughs> you're like I don't care this is how I love to look no that's right I'm glad your mom lets you just wear what you want you didn't have to wear like the pl- the fluffy stuff at the time that you didn't feel like it. Uh, well I mean we'll get into that because that changes oh, oh never mind okay <laughs> okay so as you're it's wild too it's funny because like my um my I remember my dad and them will always joke or whatever about like you and uh, your brothers and stuff about like oh my gosh they have waves for days I'm getting sick in their waves <laughs> it's ocean you know all the black people things and what they talk, and then they talked about um the the barge the barge family the barge brothers like, oh yes yes got that all the time <laughs> yeah because the hair and stuff like and so that's wild of like the guys like oh you have waves like us and it's like no they jealous. But. Right? Yeah, I was like, where are yours? <laughs> oh! <laughs> <laughs> okay, keep going. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, yes. you're fine. Um, so, yeah, I think that was the just of, like, the early stages. But as I got a little older in elementary school, that's when um, my mother started to 
flat iron my hair for mm-hmm. special events and things like that. Yes. And I remember um, Easter, this was just going over my aunt's house for Easter. And of course, this was when my all of my family pretty much lived in Cleveland. So everybody would get together. Mm-hmm. And for this Easter get together, she decided that she wanted to cut bangs in my hair and flat iron them and curl it too. So these were all things that I hated. I hated bangs because they were girly. (laughs) I hated my hair being straight because it was girly. And I really hated curls because I thought they were so ugly and and girly. Mm -hmm. So she decided to do this and I cried the entire time. And that's pretty much like when I knew that I didn't like to have my hair flat ironed. I, w- I don't want to say manipulated because I always wanted braids and things like that. But um, it was like, I didn't want to flat iron my hair, and manipulate my hair for special events. But then I was constantly told that that's what you have to do in order to look presentable or to, um, to be pretty and be at your best. So wait, who over- told you that? Um, my family members mostly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't want to say names or no, no, no. because <laughs> most no, of this is going to be my grandmother. <laughs> no, you don't have to say names. It's just more of like who told you and even like within, was it media? Was it teachers? Was it others, other kids? You know, who told you that way? You ain't got to. Okay. No, I, gotta, like, yeah. I was thinking about this part and I'm like, my grandmother, my grandmother, my grandmother. <laughs> okay. But yeah, so um so my grandma, or Jesus, I was already saying. <laughs> so my family very early on, they're the ones who instilled the fact that when you go into interviews, when you have a special event, when you want to look pretty, that's when you straighten your hair mm-hmm. because it's not really accepted. Um, and they never really said it's not accepted by white people or, or the world in general. They just said this is how you look presentable. Mm-hmm. And um, I just went with it. I was young. That's what they taught me. So I thought it was right. right. And um, I still remember the first time that I actually got a relaxer because I was very young and I was still in the stage of um, not wanting to do anything girly and still being a tomboy. I was actually getting ready to go to camp. And um, it gets a little warm in Cleveland and I knew that I would have to swim every single day for camp and my mother didn't want me to have to do my hair when I'm out because she knew I was very particular about my hair. It always had to be very fresh and slicked in that ponytail. So um, she wanted to make it easier for me, which I understand and she really didn't know too much about hair. So she took me to the salon to get my hair braided. And I always, looked up to Alicia Keys because Mm. she wore her braids. She didn't really care what anyone thought. Um, I think back then she was even wearing her hair in her natural state. So Mm. she was the person that I would see in media that I could relate to and wasn't extremely girly. So I liked, Mm -hmm. I wanted to get my little Alicia Keys braids and the hairstylist said that they would need to relax my hair to do it, which makes no sense because I think it's easy keep hair braided right when it's um in its natural state relax it i can understand blow dry because they be i'm not saying they lazy but they low-key lazy but especially for your texture no they did not even do nothing for your hair right that's i mean and my hair is even tighter 
now than it was mm-hmm. then. So I was really surprised and I cried then. I didn't really know what a relaxer was, but mm-hmm. for some reason I cried the entire time. And um, then of course she added some hair to it also. Wait, can you describe for people? Cause like, so I know you used to yell YouTube, but they gotta be, they gotta be able to hear you. They can't see you. So like, what's, um, what's your hair texture? Like if you Uh, can do the chart. Yeah. Yeah. So I consider my hair as um, 3C Mm -hmm. hair type. Um, Back then, I think it may have even been a 3B. Mm. So there was no reason whatsoever to relax your hair. No. Did I say 3C or 2B or 2C? You said 3B and 3C. Okay, good. That's yeah. what I meant. Now, <laughs> or can you edit that? No, it's fine. It, it's, uh-huh. Yeah, that's, you're good. Okay. So, yeah, I, I still have no idea why I actually was crying, but I knew it was bad and I knew it sounded girly. So I cried the entire time, but I loved my braids after I got them. Hmm. And um, after that, I don't actually think that I got another relaxer until I was in middle school. So once I hit middle school, that's when I actually started becoming more girly, I became Hmm. more in boys so I wanted to look cute mm-hmm. and because of that and because I was always told that when your hair is straight that's when you look your best that's when I started to flat iron my hair mm. all the time so every Friday um, if I wasn't going to the hair salon to get my hair straightened then I would do it myself or have my mother do it I think earlier on in middle school my mother would do it and then once I hit eighth grade I started doing it because she always wanted to add a bump or something <laughs> that I didn't like. <laughs> that bump, every black mother, I, it just needs a little bump. It just needs a little, no, no. How's the bear in a bump? Okay, girl, you ain't in a bump. Like, we don't want a bump. <laughs> oh, and I'll never forget the days where she wanted to put rollers in my hair. And, oh, it will fall out tomorrow, though. I looked horrible <laughs> every time. So that's when I was done. I learned how to do it myself, which probably wasn't the best because being that young, did I really know what I was doing? And I didn't really have YouTube. I don't even know if there was YouTube back then. So that was a disaster. And I know I was just damaging my hair over and over again. But um, that's when I started to go to the hair salon more often. And the hairstylist would convince me to get relaxers then. Girl, okay, let's let's back this up. Is this the same hairstylist from before? No. So the no. first one was actually at, it was like an altar or something like that. This one was yeah, like- I'm sorry. Wait, we got to pause again. You went to Alta. <laughs> yes. It was some, like, Alta, is there another store that has the, like- store with the salon inside I, it had to have been Alta. i don't remember i don't know but the, you went there did it was the black woman that did your hair it was yeah wow and then she had the nerve no wonder she said you got a permit before you got relax it before <laughs> you braid it that's not a thing like why would you know like girl, I'm, I'm very picky right now because you know my hair so for those listening, my hair texture is like 4B, 4C or whatever. And so like people, and I'm so glad y'all can't see this because it's a hot mess today. But like, <laughs> I appreciate you thinking that. <laughs> when you feel like I don't look bad, I'm just like, I was taking that before this and I took this, that bonnet off and I'm like, child. <laughs> um, but like the, but like, yeah, usually people want to, um, uh, what's it called? 
blow dry my hair because it's like they say like oh like I've heard people say oh it hurts my hands or whatever like when it braids and it's like yep that's the thing but most of the time I still don't want you to blow dry my hair like sometimes I don't mind but like a lot of times it's because it's it can be so easily damaged so I'm just shook that like but your hair texture is so like curly like you can see the curls right they're still tight curly you can see them more clearly like there's no need to ever put like like even just the heat part of it just because it's like it's it's like softer on their hands and so i'm tripping for that but she did at Ulta. i'm like no wonder who then taught you what and then now you have this new one and it became a thing so okay so what was the what was your relationship like with your hairdresser did you know them well like all that stuff give me all the details Every hairdresser that I went to when I was younger was um, someone that my grandmother went to. So I basically followed her to every hair salon and I usually would go to the hair salon with her. Mm -hmm. So um, like you were saying, the hairstylist basically, I think when they do this, it's to make their job easier and they're relaxing the hair so that it doesn't take as long for them to get through your hair so they can Mm -hmm. get on to the next client. Yeah. That's exactly what she wanted to do with my hair. So she um, had done my grandmother's hair for, I want to say a few months at that point. And that's when I started going to her. And um, I mean, I don't think she really had a problem doing my hair that first time. It was very straight. It came out exactly how I wanted it, but because she was a specialist and she said that my hair would come out even better and easier to um, maintain with the relaxer or she called it a texturizer because you don't keep it in as long. Mm-hmm. Um, I believed her. So I started getting those regularly. I think I was getting them every three months at that point. Yeah. And um, which I think was a lot and really not needed because when I was doing my hair at home alone, mm-hmm. it didn't really take much or a long time for me to do it. Um, See, that's wild. Cause what, for me, when I was getting mine, it was every six weeks. And like, if we didn't get it in every six at the most, maybe like two months, but if we didn't get it, it would break off. Like, what? yeah. Wow. Like the ends would break off. Yeah. Yeah. Like I went from having like long hair to short hair over a summer just because I didn't pay attention to it. Um, and I didn't fully understand like, wait, why is my hair short? <laughs> yeah. And you don't realize why it's happening because the hairstylist, like when you go back and they say, Oh, well, I need to trim off this much hair mm-hmm. it's for other reasons that they are telling you and not like, they're usually not telling you it's because you have a relaxer and mm-hmm. you're arming your hair. Mm. Oh, child. We're not, trying, we're not trying to shade um, hairstyles, but we're going to talk no. about the bad experiences, the reality. And I think some of it, too, of like just the lies of like what we've been taught. Like like you said, like you don't have to say it wasn't a blurring thing of like, well, white people will accept you. But the reality is of like, even if our families didn't say white people will accept you, it's like that was the result that you will get this job because your hair looks more like a white person. And so like right. whatever it takes to make you look white let's just get this in so no even don't disrespect to your grandma like your grandma was doing naturally what she had been taught and what has worked for her and how she survived as a dope black woman right and so it's just like that that generational thing of like okay how do you how do you change from there but keep going i'm sorry that's just oh chat yeah no it's a lot it gets i mean it's crazy that hair can get so heavy um but yeah i mean i 
I look back and I um, have looked at pictures of what my hair looked like when I was relaxing it that often and how thin my hair looked at the ends. And mm. I didn't even think anything of it because thin hair was yes. closer to what I wanted or was taught to want mm -hmm. anyway. So I thought it was a good thing. And um, I didn't stop getting relaxers for years after that. I changed hairdressers a couple years after that because my grandmother changed hairdressers. <laughs> and um, that's when I started getting them less frequently because the hairdresser said I didn't need them as often, um, that uh, I would be able to maintain my hair and get my hair super straight, even if I only got texturizers well, twice a year, I think it was. Whoa, Which, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> so you went from one woman was like, oh, you need this three times, three, um, three times. I'm saying it wrong. You need this every three months. Yeah. And then and you switch. She's like, no, no, just twice a year. Mm -hmm, exactly. And I mean, I don't know why, but it didn't register to me then that if I'm only getting it twice a year, why am I getting it at all? Because okay. so much hair has grown out at that point. What is the purpose of it other than? just put chemicals in my hair <laughs> so, I, that, I didn't even think about that I was just thinking like the lack of knowledge and just the the money the homegirl was making off of y'all <laughs> and even just like the like you said the damage that's happened to your hair so I didn't think about oh yeah it's, it's so less might as well not even do it like <laughs> exactly yeah but I I kept on getting them uh twice a year because you know that's what the specialist said so that's what you do so like and do you know how old you were at this time um, I had to have been in high school at this point. I know in high school, I definitely was not getting them as long. Yeah. I mean, as often. So, um, it's probably towards the end of high school. Okay. okay. Even going into college, I was still getting my relax or texturizers, mm -hmm. um, twice a year. Mm -hmm. And, um, now that we've mentioned college, I can go into college because pretty much everything was the same throughout high school. And um, that's when I was still flat ironing my hair for special occasions. I would still wear my hair in its, like what I thought was its curly state here and there because one, I kind of lazy and I like just washing my hair and putting product in it, but right. I really didn't know what products I was supposed to be using. So it didn't really turn out the best, but it was good enough to the point where I thought it looked good and other people would always compliment me on my hair when it and it's somewhat natural state or it wasn't natural, but like me trying to pull off the natural state. And, um, but the one thing I do remember is I always got more compliments and more attention when my hair was straight. Mm. So I got to see the difference there when I was doing both pretty frequently. So who are the people that were complimenting you? Cause I think that is very interesting of like what we, who we think will compliment us versus, versus who actually compliments us, but who was complimenting you? I'm so glad you actually brought that up because that's something that I always found really, really interesting. So um, <clears throat> I was surprised that as I got older, a lot of the girls in my class would always compliment me more and um, pay more attention to my hair when it was straight. Mm. Um, but specifically the black girls in my class, mm. um, when I wore my hair in its quote unquote curly, whatever I was trying to do state, 
um, that's when the white girls would actually mm. comment on my hair more and um, talk about how beautiful curls were and things like that. And mm-hmm. um, it also always brought up the question with either state of what are you and mm. what you're with, because it has to be something else. If you have like curly hair, if your hair grows long, then people always assume that it's because you're mixed with something else within, with, uh, without being black. Mm-hmm. or you know, outside of being black. And it's funny because I just had to correct somebody not too long ago about my hair because they said, oh, I'm so glad that um, you have Italian in you or Irish in you because it gave you that curl and your hair is so beautiful because of that. And I was like, well, the curl actually came from that Nigerian piece. Hey. <laughs> so... Mm-hmm. So it's always it's always interesting to see um, who does compliment you in different mm-hmm. states. Um, and then um, also, I think my family members would compliment me more when my hair was straight initially. Yeah. But now, as I have gone through my hair journey and they aren't used to seeing me flip flop from curly to straight, I get a lot of compliments from family members and everyone else on my actual curl and how my hair actually grows out of my head, which is yes. so, so exciting. Girl. <laughs> yeah. That's always so crazy when the family members that hated it the most. Yes. Like, but wait, I'm natural though now, right? I'm like, you're not though. Like you're trying, you, you're trying, but. Yes. No. <laughs> and it's wild because of like the reason that a lot of our family members, again, back to what I said before, the reason a lot of family members are so, were so into like straight is beautiful is because that's what they were taught. Like, mm-hmm. and so we have the privilege of being a part of a generation that like is rewinding it. It's like for them, they started off, at least our parents and stuff started off as like natural, natural, natural. Then it moved to straight and we're going straight, straight, move to natural, you know? So like, or move to whatever you want to do versus you know it's like okay my hair can be beautiful if I want to straighten or not but listen like I don't know so yeah I'm, I'm so with you like yeah definitely have had family members switch up switch up on me be like mm, oh you you gonna be natural they're like oh you gonna be nappy and yada 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 now it's like oh my gosh Tasha, your hair is so beautiful this is uh sis comments of oh well are you gonna do your hair and I'm like it's done I woke up and I shook it out and it's done hello and, and I <laughs> I didn't, it was why I didn't think I could do that with my hair. And then I just did this morning. Like, I like, it's just all these lies of like, oh no, because of your texture. And obviously me, you have very different textures too. And that plays into it. Right. Of like, um, of, of who comments and when, because mm-hmm. like you commented on like, um, cause I knew it was going to be different. Like, I feel like it's always, it always different. It's different. Right. Like for me in college, it was, um, it was, it was white people who end up loving my, like speaking more about my hair and loving it. But I also had white people when, when I first started saying some really messed up stuff about my hair. And what if I also went to a majority white school. And so like the girls around me, the black girls I was close to, like they were already natural, you know? And so like, but, I, but, but so it was, so it was like the, the black, my family that was causing the issues. Um, mm-hmm. And then just white people, they just gonna, they just gonna do whatever. Like they, <laughs> they just, gonna, <laughs> you know? So, but so like, depending on your texture, it depends on like who's going to say what to you when and even just like where you're at, you know, because like it's funny because I always I've always admired your hair. I thought, oh, my God, it's so pretty because like the loose curl and I'm like, <laughs> like trying to comb my hair, <laughs> like you know, but like learning like, OK, wait, 
my hair can be just as beautiful as my cousin's. It's just different. Like, so um, there's someone I know who always makes comments about the siblings of mixed race. And um, a lot of the comments are always geared towards their hair. And it's really funny because um, as the parents of these siblings had children, it was like they started to have more color and the curls were tighter. So the siblings started to look a little bit more black as they had more children. So um, the youngest one, of course, has mm -hmm. the tightest curls, um, a little bit more color, but this person always commented more negatively toward the youngest child's hair. Mm -hmm. um, she, and it was more in a, I guess, a loving fashion where she would have yeah. concerns that the youngest child would not like her hair or would be jealous of the oldest sibling or even the middle sibling. And um, I would always have to remind this person that the youngest child can do really cool things with their hair that I wish I could do. And that the oldest child may wish yeah. that she can do. And there's just pros and cons to every mm -hmm. hair type. And the fact that um, yeah. she, and I keep thinking of the word idolize, but the fact that she looked so much more positively towards the oldest child's hair and yeah. would always um, praise her on how beautiful it is while not doing it equally throughout and seeing the beauty in every child's hair and the uniqueness of each of their hair has always bothered me and it um no that that's so <laughs> real because like we don't understand that we put hair envy into our community right like we're the ones that speak that stuff over it and so even though i'm thinking like um I have some nieces and nephews who are like of different colors like i only have a couple that are actually dark skin i'm already on it of telling them how beautiful they are like i'm already on explaining to them like oh yeah like like and that's like we have that choice to put that in because if we're saying oh yeah i feel so bad for you they don't even know they got something to feel bad about like and so it's like what do we do um as like black women and then obviously i had like uh, other women and people of color listen to this too like what do we do as if you're a latino woman if you're like i like because latino people be having that thick too they be having that that you know like they have all different type of curls like you don't have to straighten your hair either like it's, it doesn't take away from, if you choose to straighten your hair because you're like look yo it's just easier that's what my mama is she at this point she's not latina obviously but she at this point she's like I just love that. I love when she talks about this. She's talking about this all the time. She's like, I just love that we can do anything with our hair now. Like, it's not like, oh, you have to be natural. Or you have to be permed. But like, this, it's just, you just do whatever. And I, and she's right. Like, yes, you can do whatever you want, depending on what you want to do. You know, she's, my mom's like, look, I'm tired. Like, I don't want to be doing, I don't want to be, like, I don't mind, I just want to straighten my hair. Even it's been funny to see like her hair keeps growing and she's so annoyed by it. She's like, oh. Tasha, look. And it's like, it's like a little bit past her shoulders or whatever. I'm like, oh yeah. She's like, no, I want it short. <laughs> we'll go cut it. I don't know what to hell. But like, we don't like, um, either way, like we have that power to be able to tell our nieces and nephews, our cousins that like, no, you don't have to change to be beautiful. Like, you know? Yeah. And that's like, I love that message because when you think about the there are some people who have gone natural mm -hmm. and who shame people who always default to weave or, yeah. or do have relaxers still. And I think that message is most important because 
it doesn't matter if you decide to get weave or if you decide to get a relaxer, as long as you are doing it for the right reason, it's not because you hate your hair, like that self hate. I think, Mm -hmm. um, I think that's when, when it's an issue. Exactly. The self hate. And then what does that go back to? Slavery. But that's a topic for another day. Uh, but okay, yes. Okay, so you were going to the hair salon a lot or whatever. Started doing every two, every, sorry, twice a year. You started doing it twice a year. And then you get into college. What happens from there? Yeah, so the first couple years of college, I was still following that same routine. I did start to wear my hair in its, I was the air quotes but like the curly thing I was wearing and um, I did it more often because one I didn't have a hairdresser when I went to Columbus so I went to school in Columbus which is two hours away from where I grew up and um, I didn't have a car or anything so I was forced to do my hair by myself so I got a little lazier and just went more for that quote-unquote natural look that I was trying to achieve Um, but then again still flat ironing my hair for those special events. Like if we were going out to a club or something like that, or if Mm -hmm. I was on a date, then I was pulling that flat iron out and there was no Mm -hmm. way I was not going to have my hair straight for those things. But um, over time I started to do it less and less. I think more out of laziness than anything else. (laughs) Laziness will get you. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a good thing. Yes. Um, But then I started to realize um, that even though I was wearing my hair in its whatever, like natural state, Mm -hmm. when I would go on dates and things like that, the guys I went on dates with actually would compliment my hair and they would say, oh, I really like it this Mm. way versus straight. And Mm. yeah, that's be like a reason why you change the way you do your hair the way you look at your hair but um it opened my eyes a little bit and I Mm -hmm. thought maybe there's something to this and I don't have to flat iron my hair for these special events or to be attractive Mm. or anything like that and um I also befriended this girl named Gina who um taught me a lot about Um, natural hair and loving the hair that you were born with and different hair types and she was a darker complexion than me so she also we had very deep and long discussions about colorism as well Mm. helped me to realize so much about um, what was going on and the different views and why we were doing things that we were doing so um, Wait, we gotta pause that. Hold on. Well, you know we gotta go there. Wait. So first of all, Gina sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, but like, what was like? How did those conversations start? And then what was that like? What did it just start with hair, or did it start with like the the colors and stuff specifically? Like, what did you learn? Give me. A- um, I think it actually started with hair. So um, she knew that I was going back and forth on not getting relaxer as much and Mm -hmm. it was because I wanted to I don't even know if I knew that my hair was a different curl type but I wanted to make my hair healthier I was more Mm -hmm. into the healthy kick um, at the end of college and 
Um, she also, well, where was I going with them? Oh, and I also just didn't want to spend more money on relaxers if I didn't have to, because I was beginning to realize like what I said before, if I wasn't getting it as often and I was getting it even less often in college because I just couldn't get to the hair salon that I probably didn't need this in my hair. Mm -hmm. So we talked a lot about relaxers and how um, I think we talked a lot about, uh, I'm trying to remember our discussions. We had so many, but it mainly started with like self-love and Mm -hmm. taking care of your hair and how we are conforming and um, you shouldn't try to conform your hair just to fit in and for men to like you and things like that. Mm -hmm. So then um, we would also spend a lot of time together because we were sweet mates early on. And um, we then lived in the same apartment together and we would watch music videos and things like that. Mm-hmm. So that's when we started to talk about colorism a lot because mm-hmm. we see how um, in rap videos and other videos and TV shows that they would always have the lighter skinned black woman mm-hmm. as the main character or um, uh, we would see other videos where I mean just in general just black women dancing around and, and showing off their bodies and things like that which that doesn't have to do anything with colorism but we talked a lot about that as well mm-hmm. and she told me that her favorite rapper was J. Cole and a reason for that was because he had more diverse people in mm-hmm. his in his videos. And before I started talking to her, I never realized any of that. I know growing, growing up, I, I had a hard time finding people in TV shows and and things like that, that I could relate to. Um, But for me, I always thought it was more because I felt like I didn't look like the black women or the white women. And it was Mm. something within school too because um one of the schools I think it was the upper elementary school I went to it was when I was friends with the white people it was like oh they didn't say anything but you felt like oh you're not white enough to relate um all the time to this group or if you are with your black friends are trying to relate to your black classmates, they actually would call out sometimes that you're not mm-hmm. black enough or why do you talk white? So um, a lot of that would come up and we would have these deep discussions about that. And I realized like when I was younger, when I would look for dolls and things like that, I would go and mm-hmm. purchase Hispanic dolls because they looked like, I thought they looked more like me and I felt yeah. more like I could relate to them more. So um, yeah, so we had a lot of discussions about that. And that's what helped me to realize that I wanted to go natural and I wanted to stop damaging my health and my hair Mm -hmm. to conform to something that I'm not. Wow. Okay. First of all, there's so much depth to that, right? Um, Because I think there's just like this journey that all, every single person of color goes through. So I keep always say person of color, every black person, because we're talking about black girls right now, right? Um, That every black girl goes through, um, whether it's with their hair, just like all these different things, but specifically like, even just for you, like that identity piece, right? Of like, okay, wait, 
I thought I was black, you know, like, and then like everyone else is telling me I'm not black. Like white people telling me I'm black and the white people tell, and the black people tell me I'm not black enough. And, and so even, and even just the beauty of like, okay, this Hispanic doll looks more like me. Like that's a big deal because like, we have this view that like that everyone's still trying to grow in this, right. That like all black people look a certain way. And that's just like, not true. Like you did your ancestry and you were able to just like to, to find out some specific things about you, which I love how you were like, I'm Nigerian. And you're like, <laughs> I need to do mine. But like, because of all that though, like there's layers to like your ethnicity. And so like you, like you're, this doesn't stop you from being black or whatever. It doesn't stop your hair from being curly, but like it, but because of, of what we've been taught and what we have continued to perpetuate, it's like, oh, well, this will make you less black. No, 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 It's like, this is who God made you. Like, and so I just love that your friend was like, no, you don't, we don't have to conform or even the reality, like you said, of colorism, of like that plays into stuff of, um, of television, I, like all the shows, 90s, early 2000s, like it was the beautiful light-skinned girl. In the um, you see like on, on Martin or whatever, it was Gina. Like there's all these all these uh, examples of this, right? And so now people are trying to reverse it and be like, okay, no dark skin people, and absolutely yes, brown skin girl, all that stuff. But like, um, there's a way that we can celebrate all of us, you know? Like we don't have to compete for like the beauty standard. Like it's like no, like the way that God made me is on purpose and it's good and it's beautiful. Um, I don't have to, as your friend said, conform, you know, and even that's even the verse, Romans 12 two. do not be conformed by the patterns of this world. What's the patterns of this world to follow white supremacy? Don't conform to that. Like, <laughs> and so, um, and, and it keeps going of like, um, to renew your mind. And that's what you did. Like you renewed your mind, like, and learned like, okay, I am like, I am this beautiful black woman and I have this beautiful curly hair and I'm going to rock it. Um, and just, okay. So just for, again, the listeners, cause they can't see your beautiful face. They should see it on Instagram, but, <laughs> but they can't see your beautiful face. So can you share with them, um, your, uh, ethnic background? Like first of like what you're, what you thought you were growing up versus what the, what you just got the results from, from the ancestry test. Yeah, that's not a short answer because I was very confused growing up. <laughs> Like, I knew that I had a white grandmother, but, mm -hmm. like, I never thought about the fact that she was a white grandmother and the fact mm -hmm. that if I ever said she was white, she would yell at me, and that was the only time that she ever yelled at me. So that was wow. always interesting. Um, but uh, growing up, I always struggled to check the box when we had the little, I think it was the state test that would ask you what race you were. Mm -hmm. As I didn't want to leave out my grandmother and mm. then I I just never knew what to check mm. and um, there was a point in time where I really focused on studying Spanish because like I said I really felt like I related mm. and um, and looked more Hispanic than the other races that I saw growing up yeah. and like without anyone explaining to me that this person is mixed, this person has white and black in them. Like, that's what I made up in my mind. Like, I don't know what I am, mm. but this is the group that I'm going to like say that. I don't know. I wasn't even saying that I was Hispanic, but like, mm -hmm. I don't even know. I'm confused now. So, <laughs> <laughs> but then as I got older, obviously I asked more questions and, I realized that 
my grandmother was half Italian, half Irish. And then I just knew that the rest of my family was mostly black, but I didn't know what that meant. Like black, mm. what, from where, like, what does that mean? But um, I mean, as I was very young, I thought Africa was just Africa. So I was like, mm. okay, well, African American. Mm. And then even there was a time I struggled between African American and black because yeah. I was like, well, I've never been to Africa, so that's the real thing. American, yeah, yeah. I struggle with that now because I'm just like, oh, I love the people from South Africa, but like, they know who they are, they know their tribe, their culture. That I'm with you. I'm like, I go back and forth. I'm like, sometimes I'm like, I'm proud that my ancestors from Africa, but I'm not from there. Like, so what does that mean? You know, continue. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I feel like it's a completely different thing because they come with a different culture, and mm-hmm. like you said, they know who they are and I feel like there's still that side even though I did the ancestry and everything I still don't know what it actually means to be uh, Nigerian or the other races that were mixed into my ancestry report but um, I started to get a better sense of at least like where the white side came from and to understand that and then I um, it's so funny because we started to do it called like Punnett squares or something like that where you would is it Punnett squares where you would look at your genes and see like you're this percent of or you have this percent chance of having blue eyes or chance of having freckles and things like that so Mm -hmm. we started doing that in science class and then from there I took it further and I would go home and I'm like well if my grandmother is 50% Irish and 50% Mm. Italian then that means I have to take this percent from her and this percent from them and then like trying to just figure out what percent of black and what percent of white I was wow yeah (laughs) that's real (laughs) I mean yeah it was a lot and I like math, so I literally would turn anything into a math equation. Oh, girl, we opposite. I ain't made for that. I should have had you doing my homework. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No. <laughs> so that, like, that's pretty much where I was. I was like, okay, well, that's what these numbers say. So that's what I am. And that's what I took with me all the way until pretty much now. So through college, people, of course, would come up to me and ask, what are you? Who are you? Or like, what are you mixed with? And when I would say I'm black, it was never enough. So I would always have to go into detail and say, well, my grandmother is Italian and Irish, so I'm mixed with this and that. And then I finally did the ancestry report. And that, I mean, I always wanted to do it, but I was really pushed to do it after going to South Africa and realizing that they knew exactly where they were from. And um, they would ask me where my family's from. And I had no idea. So that's what really pushed me to um, actually understand what I actually am. And there were a number of things on the list, but the hugest or the biggest percentage was um, Nigerian Hmm. and then um, Irish, which I thought Italian was stronger in my family. Um, And then uh, and then Italian. Hmm. Okay, so it's like that's just so many layers because it's like in the midst of your hair journey, it's like this whole other identity like that's being formed and being understood. Um, and you're right. Like, what, what does that go from here? Like, I don't know. We're going to have to have you on another time. <laughs> As you like talk through like, yes, this is the specific percentages. And like, 
what does that look like? Like, do you look into it? Do you not? Like, because so many people of color, specifically so many Black Americans are doing these tests and we're finding out like, oh, this person's Nigerian, Ghanaian, yeah. What next? You know? And, um, but no. So thank you for sharing that because that gives more depth and understanding to your story of like, okay, like I, like when you talked about the whole thing of like um, people assuming that you're mixed, like, no one can see that, right? Or even like your hair texture and stuff. It's like, no, that's from my Nigeria side. Like, yeah, <laughs> that goes into it. Um, but no, that's really good. Okay, so bring us back to um, end of college. You had those conversations with Gina about colorism, about um, hair, about like all these things. When when did the whole did that like spark the natural movement with you or was it just like you were finally like I ain't get this done in like two years I guess I'm natural now you know like how did that work what happened I think it was mainly the conversations with Gina that sparked it and that's when I stopped getting the relaxers so I stopped getting them um, at the end of college and but that didn't stop me from flat ironing my hair so I was still flat ironing it here and there but I felt like I was doing better because I wasn't damaging my hair just mm-hmm. form. So, which it was still damaging a little bit, but <laughs> it wasn't like completely yeah. damaging my hair. Yeah. Um, so then it took years for me to finally stop flat ironing my hair. And um, I would do it less and less. And I think moving from Ohio to Texas, which was, that about a year after I graduated from college mm-hmm. um, helped me even more because I was away from anyone that I, I knew. So um, that's when even on my Instagram, you'll see me actually post pictures of me with my hair curly. So before, even though I was wearing my hair curly and I wasn't getting relaxers, I wasn't posting any of that stuff. I was mm-hmm. only posting it when it was straight. So when I got away and I wasn't, um, being seen by people I grew up with and my family, that's when I felt more like I can just become not really a completely new person, but I can start this new image here in this new place. Mm. And um, that's when I started to be more comfortable with going out and going to those special events and to work with my hair um, in its curly state. Um, but then on the work side, I will say that I was still flat ironing my hair for interviews, which mm. that didn't change for years. Um, so the last time that I got my hair flat ironed was actually 2017 mm. and that was for a wedding. Mm. So, um, I had stopped flat ironing my hair at that point for most special events, but I thought this one was very special and I wanted to look very cute for this one. So I did decide to flat iron my hair, um, that time. And that was the last time. But, um, after that, that's when I decided to do the big chop and I cut a lot of my hair off. And that was huge for me because before that point, I was so into getting my hair as long as possible Mm. and nothing else mattered, but having long hair Mm. that um, I think that's why it took me so long to finally just chop it off. And the fact that I wasn't completely committed to um, not flat ironing my hair anymore. So I felt like if I was getting to that point, then um, if I chopped all that hair off, there was nothing that I 
or I didn't want to do anything to damage my hair again so that I would have to get it cut again. So now that I finally reached that point, um, I haven't flat ironed my hair since. And um, it was scary because it was so short. I was afraid to go home because mm. I, well, he was then my boyfriend. He lived with me. So I knew like, he always has some sort of reaction. Like he always notices when I get my hair done or um, if I get my eyebrows done or anything like that. And this was huge. So I was like, oh my God, like he, I, I can't even imagine what he's going to say. I had to FaceTime my cousin later that day and I was afraid to turn the camera onto my face. Um, but Actually, his re reaction was a lot different than what I imagined. He you see how nervous I am even just listening to you talk about it? I'm like, oh my gosh, what happened? <laughs> no, it was so scary because I, I kept looking at myself in the mirror on the way home. I'm like, oh my God, he's going to say I look like a poodle. Like, mm. <laughs> he's going to say I look like a boy. He's going to be so disappointed. But he actually really liked my hair. Um, of course, Aww family thing. I, I FaceTimed my cousin and her reaction was a little different. She was like, mm. Oh, I, I like it. But like, why would you get your hair cut off? And mm. like, our family members are also very much into long hair. So I got a lot of concerning mm. uh, thoughts or comments from my family where they're like, Oh, well, how long is it going to grow back? Can mm. you do send you uh hair growth vitamins oh my gosh <laughs> like you guys <laughs> yeah you're not sick you'll be all right like it's just hair but it was it was a really good feeling though um like I felt really good about it because I couldn't believe how different my hair looked like the curls that mm. formed as she was cutting my hair even though my mm. eyes were closed um for Aww. most of it because I was so scared to see it fall to the ground. Yeah. Um, you could just see the curl like just bounce back in. And mm -hmm. um, I actually really did feel like a whole new and different person after that. And I felt mm -hmm. like it actually did give me a lot more confidence going. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's just, oh, wow. There's so, there's so much to that. I can relate heavily of like, yeah, when when I when mine um, when she cut off mine, it felt like chains were breaking. It was just like, okay, like I'm not bound to this like beauty standard. Like God says I'm beautiful, so this is all that matters. And like, oh my gosh, like my hair. Yeah. It's like this. You're rediscovering who you are, you know. And it's, and it's like your hair texture is even like you said, like it's it's gonna look different than when you were a kid. And so it's like this exciting thing that happens of like, okay. So what's going to grow? What does it look like tomorrow? Yeah, really. <laughs> and so it's like this. So I, yeah, I love the the realness of that. I'm like, okay, there's this nervousness of like, you're excited about it, but will the people that you love be excited about it? Okay, yes and no. All right. They just going to have to get over it. Like, because this ain't changing. Like, it's, just, it's, it's different than like a dress. It's like, no, I can't take this off. And I'm going to choose to keep it. Like, that's just, oh, that's dope. That's powerful. Yeah, that's the scary piece. It's like, once you do this, you're committed to it. Yes. There's not much you can do. And I like what you said, because there was like a sense of relief. It was like, as hair was coming off, mm -hmm. it felt like 
I felt lighter too. Yes. So, yeah. That's what people understand about like, so for those who are listening, who don't know what the big chop is, maybe you like have never gone natural or you have all these natural friends. They're like, what the heck are you talking about big chop? So when you go natural, actually, Ashley, do you want to explain it? Yeah, I can, I can explain it. So when you go natural, um, well, I did a little differently, but a lot of times um, when you go natural, you cut a lot of your hair off because you have this relaxed or straight hair from flat ironing your hair, or whatever's manipulating your hair, um, so that you are only seeing the natural hair that has like the new growth that has come out of your hair or your head. Um, I did it a little differently because I was so afraid that <laughs> I let my hair grow out um, mm -hmm. as much as I could. And I still had those straight pieces, of course, probably halfway through my hair. So mm -hmm. um, I didn't want my chop to be too big, but mm -hmm. I did the same thing where I chopped off or mm -hmm. the hair salon chopped off everything that was straight and damaged. Yes. And that's a key. They cutting off damaged hair. Like, so like, it's just like, as if you were getting a, a relaxer and, but you hadn't gotten it in a minute and like your hair falls off. Like that's the idea of it. It's like your hair is going to fall off anyways. And so you might as well either cut it off or you can do the, the, the transitioning stage. That's what my sister did. And she just let it grow out until like, until it fell off on its own. Now she could do that because she knew how, knows how to braid and can do a good little, put a good little weave in her hair. She can do all that stuff. For the rest of us who don't know how to do that stuff, like on their own, chops could be easier. And so, um, so yeah, I was similar, like my, but mine wasn't even, <laughs> like mine wasn't even, it was, I think my hair was probably like a couple inches, like maybe, yeah, it had to be a couple inches. It wasn't even like halfway through. I was just like, I'm sick of it. I can't, like, I'm just gonna deal with it. Like, I'm, um, but yeah, it just, it's like, you don't realize, oh wait, this is, this is not bad. You know, like you always been taught that like, oh, that new growth, Ugh, that new growth, like, oh my gosh, it's coming in, hide the new growth. How can we like gel it up and put something? No, 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 that is not bad. That is how like God made our hair. It's good. It's just like when, if you're trying to keep your hair straight all the time, it's like, okay, that's not what you want. But it's not in like the, the problem is we've been told that it's like innately awful to have any kind of curl. Cause even white girls listen to this are like, Yo, I experienced this as a curly girl. You know, like I'm, I have some friends with her like that. Like, I thought I had to always look like that because like the idea is straight, straight, straight. And it's like, no, like that's not how we don't, we don't have to conform to that. So um, yeah, I don't know that's dope. Okay, so transition us from, so wait, wait, what year was that? What year did you like fully go was, natural? Big job. 2017. 2017 okay a long time for me to actually do that <laughs> it's okay um yeah everyone's journey is different so that's life it's all right so for for you when did you decide because you it took you a minute just to eat like you said to even put pictures up so how did you go from i don't even know if i want pictures yet to i'm doing the whole youtube channel like what <laughs> i think it was mainly my journey just looking back after that cut and seeing how long it took me and the many struggles that i went through emotionally and physically and mm -hmm. um all of the comments that you get from people and just thinking through all of that and realizing that there are a lot of people who are still in that early stage or mm -hmm. that 
haven't even started with the yeah. transition period or thinking about when it, whether they want to go natural or not. And wanting to help those girls or guys as they are going through that journey, because I not only wasted a lot of money on products, but mm. like I wasted a lot of time with still thinking that I need to flat iron my hair, or yeah. not knowing what to do if you want to transition your hair and um, you still have those straight pieces, but you don't want to cut it off because you do want long hair. And mm -hmm. um, I went through that. So there were so many things that I wanted to not, I don't want to say protect, but like try mm -hmm. to help people not make the same mistakes that I made. Yeah. And then, um, I mean, it took me a long time to actually put it up though, because although like my friends and family, they, would tell me that I talk about hair all the time and I need to just start a YouTube channel or something like that. I was afraid to start a YouTube channel. Hmm. Um, a lot of people know that I'm, a lot of my friends know that I'm shy. And yes. um, I know it, I'm a cousin, I know it. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't, like, I am very purposeful, purposeful when right. I talk. I don't just talk to talks, but mm. when I talk about hair, I can talk all day. So um, it took me a while to finally build the confidence and then um, to really feel like, to understand that I don't have to be an expert to mm. put a YouTube channel up or my hair doesn't have to be perfect all the time in order to do a YouTube channel or to help people. Like I can still talk about the things that I did wrong in order to help people or about the products that I tried and didn't work in order to help people. Mm -hmm. And then um, the thing that really triggered it was once COVID hit and I got back from South Africa and this was going on before, but because I had so much free time, a lot of my family members would call me more often and mm -hmm. ask me, a ton of questions about hair and products and how to style it and can you please help this person um, they're looking for products so I was like I could probably spend less time and help people more efficiently if I recorded this and put it on YouTube and then not only helping my family who it was mainly for in the beginning but I am able to help those other people that I don't want to make those same mistakes that I did. And it's really fun. Like I said, I can talk about hair all the time. I'm always buying hair products. So it gives mm -hmm. me an excuse to buy more hair products and to try new things. Like right now I have one side of my head that has more volume than the other because I tried two different curl creams today. Mm -hmm. And I never would have done that or I never would have done some of these other things and like hair growth challenges and stuff like that if I didn't have the YouTube channel and like a reason to do it. You know, I love that. I love it just because um, you're just showing like it doesn't have to be about, as we talked about before the podcast technically started, uh, it doesn't have to be about like, I'm going to become this amazing influencer. It's like, okay, my family's saying I should just try this. Like, okay, I'm going to do it. And then even how throughout this pandemic is allowed you to be able, especially in the beginning, right? It's allowed you to be able to like, okay, y'all asked me already. I might as well like share it, but like you're, so it's so genuine. 
You know, it's not this like race to the top, even though obviously like both of us are like, yes, we still want to be successful in what we do. Like we hold these on our hobbies. We want them to be great hobbies. If they happen to bring in money, praise the Lord. Like I'll receive, you know what I'm saying? But like, but it's just like, okay, this is just genuinely something that I love. And it's, it's crazy how much it's transitioned from like how much you didn't like getting your hair done to how much you love doing your own hair. Like, that's really the summary of like your hair story, you know? And so, and even it's, it makes it so much more real too, because it's like you, you own who you are, you own your hair texture. Like I've watched the videos. I still watch the videos, even though we have different textures. Like, I think you give a lot of really great tips in general. And so it's like, even though something may work a little bit more for your hair, it's like, okay, but, oh, that's a good thought. Like you talk about porosity, you talk about like, it's like, oh, wait, do, am I getting products that like fit well with my hair? And like, um, I remember you had did a switch with someone who was hair texture. I think it was more similar to mom. You guys did like different, the same hairstyle, different hair. So that was really sweet of like, yes, encouraging like all textures. Let's all be hyped about each other. Um, but even just some of the, even some of the tools and stuff that you use. So like I have been hyping people up, well, not hyping people up, but hyping you up and telling people about this like little scalp massager thing. Oh my gosh, y'all. So Ashley did this one episode. Just I think she was talking about like her um, wash day routine or something. I don't even remember what it was, but like she was talking about her scalp massager and I've seen a lot of people having everything, but because it's my cousin, I'm like, okay, I'm like, I'm, I want to look into it. And so I'm looking up online and everything and they have that, like, you can like, it can like vibrate and stuff. So I'm texting her like, oh, like, okay, have, what, which one did you use? And blah, 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 blah. That, that combined with um, deep conditioning my hair with like a hot head or whatever, like, and then I also take iron pills because I'm anemic, but that has helped my hair grow ridiculously. Like it went from, um, you know, my shrinkage is, is crazy at the moment, but it went from like I had that accidental cut in South Africa. Right? <laughs> I don't know if I told you that. Yeah, yeah. No, I did it. Oh my gosh. I'll tell you that in a second. It's so funny. But I had the accidental cut in South Africa. And so like my hair was probably, if it was straight, it would probably be like right at my shoulders, maybe. But like now it's like down to here. Like it's, if you guys can't see, it's like almost, I don't even, what is this? Like boob, like not boob, that's boob. Like it's like- it's like at least lower pit. Yeah, lo- low pit. You know, it's low pit. Like, and that's that's a big difference in the amount of months, especially for my hair texture. But like a big part of it was that every time I wash my hair, I always use a scalp massager that was like, and it, it became a part of like my um, hair day or whatever. And it was fun. Like it was, I would like feel like I'm like doing my own little like spa day and enjoying my hair. And so like, and even just honestly seeing you enjoy your hair reminded me like, wait, yeah, I don't have to dread doing my hair. Like it's beautiful. It's good. And so I can, so that's been encouraging to me. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna look into some products and text you. Have you tried this? And like, again, just because our hair textures are different, doesn't mean that every product is going to be absolutely, it's not going to necessarily work. It may work differently. Um, or we may not be able to use all the same stuff, but like your channel has allowed me to be able to like, even think outside the box. And so I just love knowing the background now of And I'm so happy to hear that because, I mean, I think that's one of the biggest things that that I have gone through, too, is just learning to, one, get a routine and enjoying that routine. So I dedicated like Sundays to hair day. And I know a lot of people, I've heard a lot of people say that they do that, but they dread Sundays because they're like, Mm. oh, that means I have to be in the bathroom for three hours and my hair has to dry for like seven hours. But I turned it into like a self-care and yes. a relaxing day. Like, yes. like 
said, that scalp massager, mm-hmm. now I have too many of them, but like, <laughs> I'm just sitting there massaging my scalp. Like it's an actual massage. Like that's mm-hmm. what it is. Mm-hmm. No, that's so real. I even like, I try to get snacks, like my favorite junk food or whatever when I have to do it. So like with my hair, I wash it like every two weeks. Um, and so it's been like, so it still can be like, oh, I got to do it. But it's like, okay, no, I have to clear my schedule. Like this is my time. And then like, um, I'll have like, I'll make sure I'll look, oh, I have a really good show I can watch or a good podcast I can listen to. I even have a playlist because like, I don't know if you um, always wash your hair in the shower or not. Like, I think, I think you did in some of the videos. Yeah. And so like, I have a good, I have a playlist, a black girl playlist for my wash days. Like it's, it's that serious. It's that real. Like, actually I need one specific for wash day, but this one is just like black girl playlist in general, black girl magic type playlist. But, um, but yeah, like being able to create like a fun environment because that plays into God willing one day we get to have children. Same thing. Like we used to hate getting our hair done. But like we can actually, there's so many, and really sometimes I'd be like, they be, we be pacifying these kids a little too much. But when it comes to like certain things about hair, it's like, okay, yeah, I don't want you hating your texture. And so like, let's make this fun. Like if I can make my own hair fun, then they can, and they can learn it sooner, you know, of like, oh, I see mommy using the, the hair massager. Can I use it? Yeah. Like you do that to get, you know, like versus like, okay, sit down. Give it to him like, ah, like stop, stop playing, stop moving. It's like, oh, so just so you can get a pretty outcome. It's like, okay, no, the whole day can be pretty now. Um, the whole day can be pretty. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it can be fun. It can be good. And like, um, yeah, I don't know. Those, those no, are just- I love that. I think we need to collaborate and build some kind of like, <laughs> this is fun hair day kit for kids. Yes. Oh my gosh. Covered. <laughs> We're patenting that, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's already patented. By the time you get this, it will be patented. So don't even try to look it up. Where can people find you on social media, on YouTube? Plug yourself. Uh, you can find me mainly on Instagram, Ashley Lauren underscore 365, or on YouTube. That's where I post most of my hair videos. And um, that is Ashley Lauren 365. Awesome. Thank you so much, cousin, for joining me. I appreciate you. This was fun. Yeah, this was so much fun. I know we just talked for a